Pondering the Bible. A deeper dive into the books of the Bible. Greetings and welcome to Pondering the Bible. I'm your co-host Ken Corkins. And with me, as always, is my longtime friend and pastor, Rocky Ellison. Hello. This is season 10, episode 10. And as always, we pray that we're sponsored by the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right. So weather's not something to talk about because it's just kind of, it's typical winter weather here. Yes. Right. So <laughs> nothing interesting. Uh, anything else exciting going on for you? We had annual conference, Ooh. the a yearly meeting of the Global Methodist Church in Texas to pass budgets and vote on resolutions. And it was a good meeting. First wow. time I can say that in years. It was a great meeting. No weirdos? No. Everything was <laughs> very, <laughs> very much like I would hope for it to be in a meeting. A boring business meeting. Yeah. That's what you want. Actually, not even boring. We had the bishop from the Bulgarian Global Methodist Church, whom our, our conference is paired with his conference, had him come and speak to us. The man was absolutely fascinating. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. So what are we covering tonight? Tonight, we are finishing chapter three, verses 31 through 36. So a short reading from the New Living Translation. Correct. All right. He has come from above and is greater than anyone else. We are of the earth and we speak of earthly things, but he has come from heaven and is greater than anyone else. He testifies about what he has seen and heard, but how few believe what he tells them. Anyone who accepts his testimony can affirm that God is true, for he is sent by God. He speaks God's words, for God gives him the Spirit without limit. The Father loves his Son and has put everything into his hands. And anyone who believes in God's Son has eternal life. Anyone who doesn't obey the Son will never experience eternal life, but remains under God's angry judgment. Amen. All right. So my first question, I'm jumping out of the text. Yeah. This Sunday is on the liturgical calendar. Yes. Big word, Ken. It's Transfiguration Sunday. Yes, it is. And we're in the book of John. So why right. don't we just jump to where the transfiguration happens in the book of John? Exactly. Yeah. The Sunday before Ash Wednesday and the beginning of Lent is always Transfiguration Sunday. And in every in the past three years, I've jumped in Matthew, Mark, and Luke ahead to where it speaks of that. The problem is... That story does not appear anywhere in the Gospel of John. That's interesting. John, John was a witness to yes, this event. He's one of the three yeah. privileged who, who are there at the mountain when uh, Jesus glows with a divine, heavenly, radiant body, when God speaks out loud for all four of them to, to hear. It's a big, big deal. Yeah. And you would think that John would absolutely highlight this somewhere in his gospel. It's in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. How could it not be in John? And, and I don't have an exact answer. The, the best I've been able to come up with is this. The transfiguration is held high on a mountain. The next morning, as they are coming down the mountain, Jesus says to Peter, James, and John, do not talk about this with anybody. Mm. And my best guess is John, John. Is, is taking that 
all the way to the grave. He was <laughs> okay. told not to talk about it, and he's not going to. That's, that's the only answer I have. Otherwise, uh, it seems like this would be a featured story. Well, especially since John would get a chance to pick on Peter. Yeah. Because Peter yes. was kind of acting like a fool. Yes, Peter says could, some yeah. goofy things. And John could have picked on him because he does it <laughs> elsewhere, right? <laughs> You'd think he'd take that opportunity to yeah. poke Peter a little bit. <laughs> All right. Jumping into the text then, as I first read this, my first question actually is, who's actually speaking? We just finished John the Baptist talking about not being the Messiah. You right. Know, he's got to be greater. I've got to be lesser. We jumped to 31. Is it still John the Baptist talking? Or this, to me, almost sounds like John the Apostle speaking. Who's who's telling or who's speaking what we read tonight? There is debate at the highest level about exactly that question. Is John the Baptist still continuing on in his narrative of 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 how wonderful Jesus is, how divine Jesus is, or did John the Baptist's words end with, he must become greater and greater, and I must become less and less. And now we've gone back to the Apostle John narrating about Jesus and why Jesus is is so important. And I'm going to, I haven't done this scientifically, but I'm going to guess four out of five of Greek scholars say, this is the Apostle John. Okay. And one out of five says, nope, it's still John the Baptist talking. And they all have really good reasons for why they believe that. But not being a Greek scholar myself, I just rely on... on What the big brains say? Yeah. And (laughs) four out of five dentists recommend it's the Apostle John. (laughs) As I read it, it feels like John the Apostle's words more than John the Baptist's words. It does to me too. Nowhere else in any of the Gospels does John the Baptist speak like that. Right. That's just not how he's wired. Okay. Then let's read 31. He has come from above and is greater than anyone else. We are of the earth and we speak of earthly things, but he has come from heaven and is greater than anyone else. Okay. What is John, whichever John it might be, what is John trying to say here? All the way from here to the end of the chapter, to the end of verse 36, they're talking about heaven. Sometimes the kingdom of heaven can be earth or it can be heaven, depending on how it's being used. Here, they don't talk about the kingdom of heaven. They just talk about heaven. So that's what we're, we're speaking about. And John is making this really clear point. Jesus is heavenly. He came from heaven. Mm-hmm. And we are earthly. We have only come from earth. We have never been to heaven and back. And some people try to use this as a separator that therefore Jesus is holy and we are sinful and evil. And while that's true, that's not what that's not what's being said here. What John is trying to tell us here is Jesus has divine native knowledge of what heaven is like. Mm -hmm. He has been there. He's seen it. He's tasted it. He's smelled it. He knows everything there is to know about the place you and I will eventually go called heaven. You and I are limited. Yes. We've only been to earth. That's our only frame of reference. So, so much of heaven 
we just can't comprehend, having never seen or, or experienced what, what divine perfection is, is like. We live in a fallen creation, a sinful creation. So. Makes sense, yeah. We just don't have the context yeah. to even understand. Kind of like looking at, I'm going to jump into weird place here, Revelation and some of the, yes. the visions. It's like, that doesn't make any sense until you've been to heaven, maybe. Right. It's like, oh, that's just simply X, Y, or Z. So without a reference... The, the visions are just confusing. Exactly. Okay. All right. Verse 32 and 33 then. He testifies about what he has seen and heard, but how few believe what he tells them. 33. Anyone who accepts his testimony can affirm that God is true. So why didn't people believe Jesus? You know, that's a really good question. Jesus is able to perform miracles like no one else has ever performed. And he gives all of the credit. He never takes the credit himself. He gives all of the credit to God the Father. He says clearly, I have come from heaven, that, and I'm going back there. I will mm-hmm. return there. And, and given what he can do, what he knows, why would we not believe what he says about heaven? And the only good answer I can come up with is if you believe Jesus is telling the truth, then you got to give up your sin. Right. Because Jesus says so. Yeah, I don't like what Jesus is saying, so I'm going to diminish what he says. Yes, I will. I'm going to just, no, I don't want to know that. I don't want to hear that because I, I love my sin. Yeah. Thank you very much. And it, if I believe Jesus, then I need to stop. And I really I really think that's that was at, at the, it was, you know, the church was sinful. The government was sinful. The church and, had power. Yeah. Why would they give that up? Exactly. Right? They worked hard to get all that power. And the Romans did the same thing, right? How many people did they conquer to begin power? If Why they, would you give that up? If they acknowledge Jesus has come from heaven and represents God the Father, all that has to change. And, and I think that's that was just too hard to to let go of. Um but but I love, you know, he 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 comes from God. Anyone who accepts his testimony can affirm that God is true. That affirm, in some translations, it'll say can seal that God is true. And what John has just presented us with is courtroom language. Mm. If if there was a trial going on and you had knowledge of events. In the trial, um, you could be called as a witness to testify. If you didn't want to be bothered with that, if you were of a certain level of prominence and importance and you just didn't feel like being bothered with the <laughs> nuisance of going to a trial, you could write down your testimony in a letter. Or, and this was even better, you could say, I'm picking so-and-so to speak for me. Everything he tells you, I consider to be absolutely true. Wow. You you could write that down, and then you would uh, fold the letter over, put a big daub of wax on it, and then usually you had a ring. Right, a signet ring? Exactly. And you would mash that into the wax, let it dry, and so now this is officially from you, and it testifies on your behalf. You have sealed your testimony. And in verse 33, that's the language that John uses. Anyone who believes Jesus seals his testimony. We we are saying, you and I have chosen to say, Jesus, everything Jesus says is true. 
And anything he he witnesses to, I'm going to accept as being absolutely true, as though I knew it and confirmed it on my own. So in this case, talking about heaven, you and I are affirming everything Jesus says about heaven, including how you get there, mm-hmm. is absolutely true. Okay, yeah, because I, I I can't I can't say no. Jesus is wrong because I have like we said earlier. I have no frame of reference, right. so I don't. I, there's no way I could uh, counteract his testimony. Yeah. about what's going on in heaven. Okay, uh, verse thirty-four. For he is sent by God. He speaks God's words. For God gives him the Spirit without limit. Okay. Yeah. It sounds to me like John's trying to explain something. What What's going on here? I think this is interesting. I did not specifically pick this text for this date. I, I started, you know, nine lessons ago with John 1, 1, and, and we parceled it out. And so these verses, 31 through 36, are the ones that happen to end up today. Right. When he talks about, for he is sent by God... He speaks God's words. I love that because that actually is a reference to the transfiguration. Yeah, it is. (laughs) God speaks out loud at the transfiguration, says, this is my son whom I love. Listen to him. And the Greek for that listen to him is he speaks with my authority. So what he says, I would say. We just talked about sealing it in a letter. Right. God now says that, or God said that same thing out loud at the transfiguration. And and John is referencing that. Now, I couldn't have made that work out so that that would be our text today. That's just got to be a God thing. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> so, that, so that that's what shows up on, on Transfiguration Sunday. Now, the the Jewish church is going to deny that. Absolutely. Only, they, are, they are going to tell the people over and over, only we can speak for God. There is no rabbi anywhere, and there are no prophets. Haven't been any prophets for 400 years. They don't accept John the Baptist. So there have been no prophets for 400 years. So only we can speak for God. They deny the authority God the Father gave to God the Son at the transfiguration. And then he says this this really weird thing. For God gives him the spirit without limit. A lot of people don't know that in the Old Testament, when the Holy Spirit comes to someone like Samson or Isaiah, one of the prophets, it's not a permanent thing. Ah, yeah. The Holy Spirit will come, empower you to either receive a prophecy and deliver the prophecy or to be able to do a fantastic physical act like Samson could do great feats of strength when he had the Holy Spirit in him. But that wasn't permanent. Once it arrived, it wasn't with you from then on. It was only there for a specific task. Jesus, who came from heaven, but who is also 100% human, has been completely intertwined with the Holy Spirit from the moment of his conception, right? right? Mary is overwhelmed by the Holy Spirit and becomes pregnant. So from the moment of of Jesus's human conception, he and the Holy Spirit are perfectly hand in glove, two separate and distinct entities, and yet operating in in perfect, absolutely perfect harmony. And and so that's one of the things that John is is referencing here is, is how can you deny 
that Jesus speaks on behalf of God? How can you deny that he speaks the truth about heaven when he is the only one we have ever seen in history who has a permanent relationship, visible relationship with the Holy Spirit? Right. He's... He's so unique in that way at, at this time. Right? Had no idea of knowing that eventually all Christians would get the permanent indwelling right. Holy Spirit. Yeah. But at that time, that was that was almost an inconceivable thought. Right, because it was here for the thing and then gone. And then when Jesus came, he had it the whole time. And then after the resurrection and all the other things, we get the indwelling Holy Spirit. But up until then... It was nothing. Yeah. It was just that. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. All right. So let's move on then to 35. The father loves his son and has put everything into his hands. Okay. What's everything? Okay. The topic is heaven, we said, mm-hmm. and that Jesus speaks the truth about heaven and that Jesus speaks on behalf of the father about heaven. So everything must mean Salvation, because Uh, salvation is the only way to get to heaven. And Jesus is absolutely adamant that only through him do you get to heaven. Uh, So that's got to be what he's talking about. Jesus is uh, in charge of everything about being saved. That would follow the Christian thinking, yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right, then. Verse 36. And anyone who believes in God's Son has eternal life. Anyone who doesn't obey the Son will never experience eternal life, but remains under God's angry judgment. Okay. So we just said this is about salvation. If you essentially, if you believe Jesus. Yes. You have a path to salvation. Yes. And if you don't, in verse 36, you'll never get there. Yeah. Is basically what he's saying here. So I just said, you know, if you have. If you believe Jesus, you have a path. What is that path? What gives salvation? That we've been talking to this whole point about, do you believe that what Jesus says about heaven and the church says no, and the government says no, but the Holy Spirit says yes, God the Father says yes. And so that's what you are asked to believe, that that everything Jesus says about salvation is true. And Jesus says I am the way, the truth, and the life. And then this really important quote, no one comes to the Father except through me. Right. So that's what you've got to believe, that only via Jesus do you have any chance at redemption and salvation. He adds one interesting little note there. Anyone who doesn't obey the Son, so obedience is part of this equation. So obviously you must obey if you're a believer. And that's a, that's a many hours long yeah. topic. <laughs> but you and I would say that if you believe Jesus and you believe that everything he's telling you is the truth, then it becomes inherent upon you to live like you believe it, like it is the truth. Sanctification, to begin showing what Jesus says and and doing the things that Jesus says in your everyday life. If we don't see the fruit of the Spirit, right? You be you behaving like Jesus taught us to yes to behave the fruit. Then we got to assume that you didn't actually believe what Jesus said. You're holding back some parts. You're not really saved. And then he goes on to that that last verse. And and the New Living Translation alters it. 
in the original Greek, it's it's terrifying. <laughs> it says that anyone who doesn't believe the testimony of Jesus will eternally suffer the wrath of God. Mm. And that's 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 a scary thing to me, the wrath of God. And and as a child, I was always like, yeah, I would. I don't want God's wrath turned on me. Why would why would God hate me? And and God doesn't hate us. He hates sin. Right. And if you're not going to believe in Jesus, then you're going to have to pay the penalty for your own sin. If you believe in Jesus, Jesus will pay the penalty for your sin. In fact, that's what he did during three days in hell. Right. But if you choose not to accept that path, then you bear the burden of your sin and God turns his wrath on sin at judgment. And so you would, you would bear the, the pain and the anguish of that, which is eternally frightening. So another way of saying that is God doesn't condemn people to hell. No. God condemns sin to hell. And if you're still in sin because you didn't believe Jesus, that's why you end up in hell. It's not God's saying, well, I choose you to go to hell or I don't like you anymore. You go to hell. It's like, here's the path to not go to hell. Yeah. Choose it or not. Yeah. Uh, if you choose not, then you know what's happened. You know the end, end game there. Yeah. And there are people walking this world right now uh, who are celebrities who love to say to television and, and media and magazines, I don't believe in in life after death. I don't believe in God. But if there is a hell, then I'm going to have a good time with all my friends there. You've just made it very clear what you have chosen. You did yeah. not choose Jesus, and you are going to bear, you are going to suffer the wrath of God. Okay. So have you given a sermon title yet? <laughs> yes, I'm calling this one firsthand. If you can't go to a place and experience it, you know, you you can read about it or you can watch movies about it, and, and that's visually interesting. But even better than that is if someone comes from that place who can give you firsthand information. Here's what heaven tastes like. Here's yeah. what heaven smells like. Here's what it sounds like. That's my yes. curious. All yeah. the music, right? The singing of the yes. angels. Like, Here's that's what heaven cool. sounds <laughs> like. Better, you know, second best to being there. The, o- the only next best thing is firsthand information from someone who's been there. So I'm calling this one firsthand. All right. So if you'd like to listen to the sermon that Rocky delivers, it'll be on our website at www.pondergmc.org. At the top is a menu called Ministries. Click that, go down to Sermons. Look for the sermon firsthand. And this will have been delivered on February 11th, 2024. Where are we going next week? Next week, we have a guest speaker. Tori Dickens will be with us, and she's doing the first 30 verses of chapter four, the story of the Samaritan woman. Oh, okay. And you and I will grill her relentlessly. That's right. We're just going (laughs) to grind out some really nasty (laughs) questions and just try and stump the chump. (laughs) All right. Well, as we wrap this episode up, remember the famous words of Skylar Blue. To be honest, I don't really have to worry about being kidnapped. They'd return me in less than an hour. (laughs) With that, I think we'll close this episode. This is Ken Corkins and Rocky Ellison reminding you to love God and be nice to people. Thanks for tuning in. You can find us at www.pondergmc.org. There, you can watch our live stream services, listen to replays of Rocky's sermons, and find other interesting information about us. This has been Pondering the Bible.